CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. It is Tuesday, June 28th, live from my apartment and somewhere in Los Angeles. This is the Ben Jarowski Show. I am DJ Nate, filling in for the one and only Dr. D. Today on the show, we have political activist Sarah Bingham. And now, your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarowski. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Madness Tuesday, and here's why. Because the world as we know it is mad, people. Mad, mad, mad. I feel like that dude in Network who's just like, I'm mad. I can't take it anymore. Anyway, just so you know, just as a setting, I'm not in my uh, attic uh, in Chicago visiting my uh, family in California. I'm in an absolutely gorgeous Airbnb. I don't know what I did to deserve this place or how I stumbled upon it or actually my wife stumbled upon it, but I'm looking out at greater Los Angeles. I feel like a rock star. I feel like Mick Jagger. Uh, (laughs) And uh, anyway, (laughs) uh, sorry, folks, I'm not really... Like uh, Mick Jagger, but anyway, um, so and for reasons I don't know, so I come here and my camera's not working. So a lot of, we're dealing with a lot of technical issues uh, on the Ben Jarowski show today. My guest is the great uh, Sarah Bingaman. She's uh, standing by from Indivisible Rural Illinois. She gives out, she's going to give us the update on what's going down uh, in the the land in Illinois that's below Chicago. See, people in Chicago, they just think that's their own little bubble. They think they live in a bubble. Hello, people in Chicago, there's land around you where people don't think like you. You got to try to somehow or other win them over. Anyway, before I bring on Sarah, utter madness, what can I tell you? Here in the city of Chicago, a little local news before I go into the just the madness. Obviously, the big news in the world is that Roe was overturned. We're talking about that with Sarah. Uh, it's Dobbs versus Jackson is now the prevailing law when it comes to reproductive rights or lack thereof in the country. Uh, in my mind, it's still Roe. So I still talk about Roe being overturned as opposed to Dobbs being implemented. Kind of a weird, perverse mindset. Now, that happened uh, sometime. I can't lost, lost track. when it, I think the ruling came down on Friday. So the world was one way on Thursday, and it's another way now. Although, as Terry Cosgrove from Personal Pack will tell you, really, Roe had been eviscerated months ago, years ago. So wake up, people. Uh, utter lunacy uh, in the country. Then um, uh, <laughs> Donald Trump decided uh, to take a victory lap, uh, to come to Illinois and take a victory lap at a rally where he endorsed Mary Miller, Congresswoman uh, from downstate, and uh, big feller, DB, Darren Bailey. The hog farmer, who's not really a hog farmer. We just call him one on this show uh, from downstate Illinois. You know, Trump, you think you're slick. I'm just going to say this, Donnie. You think you're slick. You were too chicken to endorse Darren Bailey when Kenny G was kicking all that money in uh, behind Richard Irvin and had Richard Irvin ahead in the polls. And you're like, I'm not sticking my neck out. Because if I endorse this guy, he loses. I'll look like a loser. So you pretended like the governor's race didn't exist. I see you, Donnie. You got MAGA fooled. 
<laughs> MAGA's like, oh, wow, Donald Trump. He could do no wrong. I'm MAGA. But Donald Trump, all of a sudden, he saw somebody told him, hey, boss, uh, <laughs> Darren Bailey's ahead in the polls. All right, now I'll endorse him. And then you watch. He'll claim, uh, I put him over the top. <laughs> what a joke. The Dems have more probably with Darren Bailey's success than you did, Donnie Trump. I'm still, by the way, not sold on that um, uh, strategy of the Democrat. I'm going to ask Sarah Bingaman what she thinks about that. I told that curveball at her. She wasn't ready. If she thinks it was a good idea for Democrats to sort of promote uh, the Darren Bailey campaign. I take fascism very seriously, so I don't think it's ever a good idea uh, to promote people like Darren Bailey. But anyway, uh, so Donnie Trump came to town. Of course, Mary Miller made a colossal fool of herself. Uh, she generally does when she gets anywhere near a microphone. She started talking about, thank you, Supreme Court, for guaranteeing, what, white rights? What the hell are you talking about? The inner part of her brain was speaking the truth. And then they go, uh, what she meant to say was right to life. Oh, right to life? White. Hmm. I, I, listen, I've been known to make some mistakes in this podcast, but that's quite a mistake. Some would say it was a Freudian slip. Uh, anyway, as bad as it is, it's not bad in my humble opinion. I'm going to evaluate uh, things that Mary Miller said uh, when she said uh, January 5th, I think it was a speech right before the insurrection. Uh, she said, Hitler was right, which are uh, three words I don't think any politician in the United States should ever utter in any circumstances. And then her apology was even worse. I've analyzed this on the show where she blamed liberals and lefties. Somehow it was their fault that she said Hitler was right. <laughs> hey, Illinois, if that's your Congress, if that's where you're going, suddenly Rodney Davis looks like <laughs> Rodney Davis is your conventional Trump Republican is almost like the voice of reason because somehow or other he can refrain from saying Hitler was right. Finally, in the city of Chicago, before we bring on Sarah, I just have to say this. I'm reading the newspaper accounts of Lori Lightfoot uh, over the weekend. It was at a rally in Grant Park, a uh, pride rally, uh, and somebody in the, uh, in the audience, uh, she was uh, Lord, Mayor Lori Lightfoot was going on and on about Clarence Thomas's uh, opinion in the Dobbs case and how Clarence Thomas essentially said, this is not the first thing we're going after. We're going after marriage equality, uh, contraceptives. Like, can couples, any couple, use a contraceptive uh, in the privacy of their home? And uh, so somebody in the audience uh, yelled out, Fuck Clarence Thomas. And Lori Lightfoot got so fired up, she said, you're right, fuck Clarence Thomas. Now the headlines in the Sun-Times. Lori Lightfoot says fuck. Only they don't say fat. It's F dash dash dash. They're protecting us. Thank you, Sun-Times, for continuing to protect us from a word we use every day. Okay? Whoa. Chicagoans are shocked, stunned, that their mayor actually said the word. I can't even say it. It's so horrible. F. Dash, dash, dash. In the old days, before I was as sophisticated as I am now, I didn't know what the dash, dash, dash represented. So I would scratch my head. What did the mayor say? What could be the three letters after that F? And so I would look for like my really smart friends. Help me. It's F and then it's dash. It's like Wordle before Wordle. I was like, how do you do F dash, dash? And my real sophisticated friends, Ben, don't you know anything? Gotta teach you about the birds and the bees. 
Now, Chicago's like, oh, my God, we're shocked. We're so shocked. Lori Lightfoot. And then they drag out, the Sun-Times drags out all her opponents. Raymond Lopez, I'm shocked. This is outrage. <laughs> Listen, man, I have to let, come on, Raylo. Raymond Lopez, Alderman in the 15th Ward, as a gag on this show, we play all the time the tape, the recording of you telling Mayor Lori Lightfoot, fuck you. <laughs> now you're shocked? And <laughs> I'm shocked. I just, I don't know. And Paul Vallis, oh my God. What's worse, the mayor saying that word or the policy she's protesting? I don't know, Ben. I don't know. We just, we need standards. Utter madness, ladies and gentlemen. Part of the madness is when people pretend that they're shocked by a word that they use every day. I'll tell you someone who doesn't use this word, Sarah Bingaman. She has never sworn in her entire life. <laughs> and uh, I reached out to uh, Sarah. She's one of my favorite activists in the state of Illinois, an indivisible person. And uh, she's our downstate correspondent. We have actually a few on the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, gives us the updates downstates and tries, implores, begs, pleads, dems from upstate, from like Oak Park, to name a town that Sarah knows a little bit something about, from Evanston, to remember there's a part of Illinois, hello, that's south of Chicago, hello, wake up, Chicago. Anyway, welcome back, Sarah. It's great to see you. Thanks, Ben. I'll just make one minor correction. We're west of, Il we're west of Chicago. So you don't have to be south of Chicago to be downstate. You can be west, and you can actually be kind of northwest of, of Chicago. No, it's, it's, you're so right. And this is like something that's always confounded me as a guy who's very rarely leaves Chicago unless it's to go to visit his kids in Los Angeles, which is really weird. I never leave Chicago unless it's to go to California. But to That's about, really like, west. <laughs> it's the portion of the state that's west of the Mississippi. Um, the, uh, they used to talk about, I remember chastising some reporter teasingly, it was all good natured, who was saying this town that's like on the border with Wisconsin is downstate. And he, okay. So that would be upstate. I, but the problem is most Chicagoans just view Chicago as the center of their universe. And so everything else is downstate. Okay. Even if it's West, whatever. Anyway. All right. Uh, so Sarah, you said that you wanted to talk, uh, have a little positive news uh, to get before we get into uh, the muck and the mire and uh, all the horrible news. So talk a little positivity, radiate a little good vibes out there uh, so that people feel a little better about themselves at this moment. Go ahead.
um, the overturning of Roe and um, people I'd never met before, people who, uh, we, we had a woman come to our protest. She, uh, another friend picked her up from her nursing home and she came to our protest on Saturday. So we had a wide range of people from, from little girls all the way to a woman who came from her nursing home to, to protest with us. And when you stand there in community like that, peacefully and laughing and joking and reading each other's signs, you realize that community means a lot. Even when the news is very bad, to be able to be together with people, like-minded people, people who are thinkers, people who get their news from a wide range of sources, people who are not spoon-fed what to think. Um, it's a very powerful thing, and it's a very good thing. So despite the fact that Roe was overturned last Friday, there's a lot of movement. <laughs> there's a lot of movement. Um, and frankly, you know, here we are in, in a very red community, Dixon, Illinois, boyhood home of Ronald Reagan, is, uh, is, a, is a pretty red community. And um, we got, one woman said something kind of nasty to us. Another couple people gave us the finger and, and we have the same finger, so that's easy. And then um, maybe 80%, 90% of the people who went by honked for us in support. So um, it's surprising sometimes how people feel. Um, and it's surprising. I know it's I know it's easy to be in your car and just honk. It's a lot harder to be up on the sidewalk and be worried about somebody driving their car up over you. But um, we do appreciate the support when people drive by and honk. So I, I have some optimism here. Um, I have some optimism. There are lots of reasons not to, but I'm hanging on to that optimism. All right, let's explore that optimism a little bit, and then let me dash it with a little uh, pessimism. Uh, and uh, just to remind everybody, uh, this is a, a, a very important history lesson that I will be uh, articulating over and over again. Sarah, I know you know everything I'm about to say, but um, the uh, yes, uh, abortion is uh, legal in the state of Illinois right now. Um, and uh, women are trusted uh, to use uh, to Sarah, Sarah's phrase. But I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. We had a trigger law on our books in the state of Illinois that would have immediately outlawed abortion in the state upon the reversal of Roe. So with Dobbs coming down on Friday, it would have been illegal in the state of Illinois. And that... Uh, language was stricken from the uh, law books uh, it, with the passage of a uh, HB 40 back in 20, 2017. I'm doing this off the top of my head, so if I'm off a little bit, ladies and gentlemen, don't hold it against me. The governor at the time was the aforementioned, or alluded to, Bruce Rauner, uh, who was a Republican. And this is like another universe, Sarah, I feel like I'm talking about. He was a pro choice Republican, which is an impossibility at the moment to imagine in the state of Illinois, uh, who his whole life, his whole life, even before he got into politics, he was pro-choice. And he, 
apparently the Republican voters uh, in Illinois were happy with Bruce Rauner annihilating collective bargaining rights, which was his main function. Uh, but as soon as he was forced, kicking and screaming every step of the way, Sarah, to um, stay true to his pro-choice convictions and pass and to sign into law uh, HB 40, which eliminated the trigger law language, there was a revolt from the Republican Party. He was challenged by Jeannie Ives in the 2018 Republican uh, primary. He narrowly won, but his coalition was shattered. And moderates were essentially kicked out. Adam Kinzinger, who's considered a moderate because he does not believe that Donald Trump gets to be president for a lifetime, which is a low bar for calling someone a moderate, has been kicked out of the party. That You're not allowed in the Republican Party if you stray from MAGA. You have to be anti-abortion. Bruce Rauner has since left the state of Illinois, ran down to Florida and is hiding out probably in a witness re, uh, relocation program. And so I say all this, Sarah, to point out that, yes, we do live in a land where there's relative freedom, but it was a fight to get it, and it will be a fight. This is the most important thing, people, to keep it. And, Sarah, I believe that so strongly because Darren Bailey, who will probably be the Republican nominee, is not playing. He wants to turn Illinois into Texas. And if Dems in Illinois, Sarah, fall asleep like they tend to do, and they, you know what I mean? Oh, well, we're in Illinois. Things are good. We're going to suddenly wake up one day and realize we live in the state of Texas. So that's kind of like the ominous uh, news behind the good news. Do you think I'm being too pessimistic, Sarah?
You get on North Avenue, you get in your car, and you go west, and you go through Melrose Park, and then you go through, you get, eventually you get out to St. Charles, and now it turns into Route 64, and you can keep going and going and going. You will find people within five miles of Route 64, all the way from St. Charles to Iowa, who will agree with every single thing on the Texas Republican platform. They do not see that as alarmist. They do not see those things as craziness, like we do. <laughs> they see those things as perfectly normal. So we have a lot of people out here. I mean, in, in this community, in, in Dixon, prior to the 2020 election, um, we had many Trump parades down our main street, Galena, down um, Route 2, on the river, in their boats, um, with their Trump flags. I have a Trump flag. I, I do not. Please, please. My neighbor has a Trump flag in her yard. The next neighborhood over is littered with Trump flags. So, um, yeah, it, 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 we, we are not sitting back on our laurels here um, just thinking, oh, we're fine in Illinois. We are not. We are not. Yeah, and uh, I think the, what are the, I'm going to tie the two segments of the show together briefly before I move on. Um, I think it was you, uh, get my guests mixed up, uh, who was talking about the signs that proliferated about Biden for a while. Uh, the fuck Biden signs that were all over the place. Uh, Pritzker sucks, yeah. And Um, Pritzker sucks. When you claim to be the party of the with high moral standards, you claim to be the Christian party. You claim to be the party who treats people so well, and yet those are the signs you put in your yard. I've never seen signs of the opposite persuasion. Um, well, okay, so now we're, we're in a tangent with a tangent, one of my favorite topics, uh, the complete uh, hypocrisy of MAGA. Uh, so the fuck Biden sign falls under the category of free expression. Uh, MAGA, MAGA believes that they, MAGA, have uh, unlimited right to free expression. They can say whatever they want. And so that's protected speech. Um, and it doesn't matter. And even if the sign is across the street, I think I'm almost positive as you that said the sign, there were signs like really right next to a school. So kids are going by to school. This gets in the whole joke of the notion that we're protecting kids from a word that they, hello, they hear it every day at home when mom and dad get a fight. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, so that's protected speech. God forbid a teacher in that school would want it. This goes back to the Republican platform. Republic, the Republican platform stipulates that if a biology teacher wants to teach evolution, he or she is required to give the alternative view, which is, uh, I guess, the genesis. Uh, it's yeah. the, that's the alternative the biblical view. Biblical version. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, the biblical version. So you have to give equal, okay? So wait, what about his free expression? You can't say gay. What about that teacher's free expression? You can't teach critical race theory. What about that teacher's free? Colin Kaepernick can't take a knee. What about his free? So it goes on and on and on. They only want free expression for themselves, and protected freedom, uh, protected expression includes a sign across the street from a school in the MAGA's mind that says, fuck Biden. Then they're going to cry. You watch. That clip of Lori Lightfoot saying fuck Clarence Thomas will be played endless in an endless loop on Fox TV while they're sobbing about how mean she is. Mm-hmm. Hey, and, and, uh, so, yeah. Biden sign in their front yard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, MAGA, yeah. come on. MAGA, but MAGA. MAGA doesn't, to quote the great Sam Holloway, another guest in the show, MAGA doesn't care if you point out that they're hypocrites. All they care about is winning. Uh, and if they could win votes by sobbing about how mean Lori Lightfoot is, they'll do that. If they can win votes by saying, fuck Biden, they'll do it. That's all they care about by winning. If Dems would only wake up and, and have that same passion, what better world it would be. All right, Sarah Bingham. Oh, we're passionate out here. Ben, don't say that we're not passionate. We're extremely passionate. We're just, we're, we just don't fight. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So, no, I know uh, indivisible people. Oh, let, me, let me amend that. Indivisible people are passionate. No, okay. Yeah, but uh, I'm just talking about this, like the general category of just going through the world, kind of oblivious to stuff. Uh, more or less Democrat. I don't know if I'm going to vote this election because it's mm. kind of cold today, that kind of uh, Democrat. Uh, but I know indivisible people are, are fired up. All right, let me ask you this. So uh, in the aftermath of the Dobbs ruling, in the aftermath of the evisceration of Roe and uh, w- uh, the eradication of women's right to choose, is, um, do you think that uh, there is a segment of the population around where you, around you, uh, in the precincts, neighboring yours, in the towns, neighboring yours, et cetera, and so forth, who might quietly just go about voting Democratic just as a sign of protest. Because um, this is kind of what I look forward as hopeful in a hopeful way to happening in November uh, in other districts uh, in the country that aren't completely gerrymandered to guarantee uh, a Republican. So what's your sense of the impact of uh, the uh, the recent uh, Supreme Court abortion ruling?
Illinois House. We have no candidate for Illinois for, for Illinois Senate. We have no candidate for um, Lee County Clerk. We have no candidate for Lee County Sheriff. We have no candidate for Lee County Treasurer. And that is not, I am not putting blame on our county chair. He has, works very hard, our Democratic county chair. I am, um, I, you know, it's easy to be distraught because you encourage someone. I, this is my mantra. I am constantly encouraging people to vote. But if they go today to get a Democratic ballot, their response is going to be, why did I waste my time getting this Democratic ballot? The only contested, there are only two contested races on it, Secretary of State and State Central Committeeman. So um, it, it's very frustrating. And, and the result of that tends to be that people say, well, then I'm, I'm not going to vote. Um, and then we don't know who the Democrats are to contact later. Um, our numbers look worse than they actually are. So this is a very, very discouraging place to be in. We had a, we had a fabulous con uh, candidate for, for um, Congress in 2018, a woman by the name of Sarah Dady, who ran a, a, an immigration attorney from Rockford who ran a wonderful campaign in 2018. We had a good candidate in 2020. Um, but when you look around and say, who's going to run for Congress in the 16th now? Number, number one, it's, it's, virtually, it's virtually impossible to win against Darren LaHood. And number two, the size of this district is overwhelming. And I'm going to add a third. We have enormous intimidation going on here. Um, it's very, very difficult to stick your neck out. Um, it's, it's very hard to be the person who says, I disagree with the MAGAs. Because when you do, you are really, really putting your neck out. You could be in physical danger. Um, you can be just um, ignored. Uh, you can be ostracized. Um, it's very, very difficult to be on the opposite side in downstate Illinois, many parts of downstate Illinois these days. And last week, um, our Indivisible Rural Group put together a Zoom call with several of about five of the Democratic County chairs from very rural Illinois. And the conversation centered around why is it so difficult to get candidates to run? And how can we improve that? What can we do? When we find somebody who's really good, how can we get them to run? And um, intimidation was something that came up quite a bit in that conversation. Of course, money came up in that conversation. Um, I'm, if you had asked me in 2018, my perspective would have been to put more blame on the Illinois Democratic Party than I'm willing to put on now. 
I think the, the new Illinois Democratic Party under Robin Kelly has begun to hear us. I'm seeing evidence of the fact that the Illinois Democratic Party has suddenly said, oh, there's the rest of the state and maybe we better pay attention. And, and they are doing, they are taking some actions, but it's a, it's a, it's a bureaucracy. It's, it's going to take time for those changes to occur. Um, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some changes. They're hiring some staff that will, will help us out here in the boonies. Um, and they are sending their candidates. I'll just, I'll give you, I'll give you an example from the JB campaign. Um, we had on June 18th, um, we had our very first Dixon Pride Day, the first official Dixon Pride Day. There was one last year, but it was not, it was not um, official. This year was the first official one, and it was a major event. And so we wanted to have um, some things to pass out, um, some candidate materials to pass out to the people who came to the Pride Day. And a person on JB staff drove all the way from Springfield to Dixon, Illinois, to bring us our goodies to pass out at the Pride Day. I'm not sure that would have happened in 2018. Um, so, uh, and we had lots of great stuff from, from Tammy Duckworth and from um, Michael Frerichs and from Susanna Mendoza. They all paid attention to the fact that we needed to have it. So I think, I think that that's a change. And frankly, um, yeah, the re the, just, just looking around and seeing the, re the, um, the literally thousands of people who came to that Pride Day was pretty encouraging too. All right, so let me just break it down a little bit so people understand what's happened uh, as a result of the congressional redistricting. And we've talked about this a lot in the show. But Illinois lost a district, uh, and their map makers, uh, with, after the census, and the map makers, were, who were Democrats in the state of Illinois, uh, said they had to reconfigure the uh, uh, congressional districts in such a way that the Republicans would pay the price, not the Democrats. Uh, this is called gerrymandering. Yes, get over it, Chicagoans uh, of the quote-unquote reformers. Uh, it happens in every Republican state in the country, which is why more people will vote Democrat in a congressional ele election, and yet there's a good chance that Republicans will take control of Congress. Think about that, Chicago quote-unquote reformers. Uh, I've, before you start blubbering for uh, to uh, unilaterally disarm here in the city of Chicago, to use an old Cold War statement. All right, uh, so as a result... Uh, <laughs> they kind of figured Adam Kinzinger was the uh, odd man out. And uh, because, as I said, uh, he offended so many people in MAGA by uh, saying that Donald Trump was not emperor for life. Apparently that violates the MAGA code. Uh, and so he decided he wasn't going to run anyway. And so they drew a 16th congressional district and that Democrats have no hopes of winning, no realistic hopes of winning. Um and let you know, let John Wayne could come back to life running as a Democrat, and I don't think he would win in this district. Uh, and they positioned Darren LaHood, an incumbent congressman, son of Ray LaHood, uh, to uh, be uh, to be like the incumbent in this district running for re-election. And uh, so the Dems have no chance. They didn't nominate anybody to, uh, nobody stepped forward to run against LaHood uh, in the Democratic primary to be. Uh, so right now, LaHood. Uh, will be running on a pose. Democrats can, however, 
if they choose, the party leaders, uh, Sarah and I were talking about this uh, before the show, they can choose to, to name somebody uh, to run in the 16th Congressional District against LaHood. I encourage them to do so, not that any Democrat has ever listened to me for advice in the past, but I encourage them to do so, Sarah, and I'll tell you why. Because one, it builds the Democratic brand. Two, it gives people like Sarah Bingaman and other Democrats uh, or liberals or people who just really are upset with the uh, abortion ruling something to do in November. Like, I can vote for somebody. He's going to lose or she's going to lose, but I'm going to vote for him. And if you want to just take a look how MAGA runs, they run people in every district. They got some people in the first congressional district here in Chicago, okay? <laughs> They no chance of winning, but as just a practice, Republicans run people in districts just as a practice to give their folks a reason to come out to vote. Like I said, Sarah, this is me speaking, not Sarah. Dems are a little slow in the game. Uh, they just suddenly realize, oh, wait a minute. Hold it. Let me think this out. You could run somebody in a district that would be overwhelmingly Republican? We could do that? Yes, you could do that. So, Sarah, I really urge uh, all the good Dems in, uh, in your neck of the woods uh, in Lee County, et cetera, to press upon the Democratic Party to, to find someone, even if it's just a figurehead. Put my name in it. Well, you can't. Oh, no, you could put my name. Put my name in it. There. I'm going to never campaign. in the district. You might have to visit, though. You might have to You might have to come out here instead of just flying over us to L.A. <laughs> Wait, is there a good chicken restaurant in Lee County? Oh, somewhere yeah, where yeah, they yeah. Serve? We have we have so much good chicken out here. I can't. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, to quote yeah. the Jackson yeah. Five. So uh, I, um, but that's the deal. You just put someone on the back. Uh, they would probably get. I would guess at least twenty percent of the vote. Well, and and frankly, Sarah Dady in eighteen got forty, um, but you have to you have to have a candidate too. You have to have somebody who's willing to do that. You have to have somebody who's willing to say, I will put up with incredible abuse. I will spend enormous amount of money for something that um, is probably a lost cause. And I'm going to have to beg for money from everyone I know, even though they know I can't possibly win. So it's very difficult to find a candidate, uh, a good candidate. Um, I'm sure there's somebody we can find, but I'm somebody we can really back. It would it would be hard. All right, let's talk about the intimidation factor. You uh, uh, mentioned to me that the young conservative uh, outfit has taken over the uh, the Reagan House, uh, and this is just like a new source of intimidation. Uh, so explain to folks what's going on. Well, as you know, Ben, um, for a long time. The Republican Party, though certainly the very right wing of the Republican Party, has known that um, when young people go off to college, they often start to think for themselves and they learn something called critical thinking skills and then they reject the Republican Party and so they become these radical Democrats or worse, progressives and liberals. And so the, for, a, for quite some time, the Republican Party has made a concerted effort to organize young people's groups in high schools and in colleges. Um, there's one that's called Turning Point, you've probably heard of. This one was new on my radar. Um, of course, here in Dixon is 
Ronald Reagan's boyhood home, and and we could talk at length about that. Um, but um, the boyhood home was owned by, uh, I think, a group, a community group, and um, they were having difficulty raising enough money to keep it open adequate hours and, and um, to maintain the property and to maintain the grounds and so forth. And it, and it, is, it is a nice thing when you live in a town of 15,000 people to have a president's home there. Tourists come to see it and you want to make a good presentation. So in 2020, a group called the Young America's Foundation purchased the um, Ronald Reagan Boyhood Home. I have to just say here, he only lived there three years. It, you know, his, his father had a problem with alcohol and they had to move a lot. So, um, but in any case, that's the designated, that's the designated place. And so um, this group, we, we heard in 2020 that they had purchased this this home, and there was some alarm because Scott Walker is the president of this group, Young America's Foundation, and so we thought, oh gosh, this doesn't sound good. But of course, we were in the midst of a pandemic, and there were other things on the radar, and nobody paid all that much attention to what was going on over there. Well, <laughs> things have changed this summer because, um, one thing that happened was, well, one thing that they, what the one thing that the Young America's Foundation does is, they put on workshops. Uh, they bring very, very conservative speakers to various sites, including the Reagan home here. By the way, they also own the Reagan Ranch in California. They have chapters in universities across the United States, and they have chapters in high schools across the United States. Um, and this summer, they hired a group of interns, I believe there are six, and brought them from small conservative colleges across the United States to live here in Dixon. Um, they are provided housing. I'm not sure where they're living. We, are, we're, we have some guesses about that. But they're living together in housing that's provided for them. And their task, as we understand, it is to support the Reagan home and help put on some events at the Reagan home. So they had one, and this was this was when everything jumped on our radar. Um, they had an event um, in May, in May 6th and 7th, and that's just about the time these college students arrived. And it was called American Exceptionalism, When Did Patriotism Become a Bad Word? And they were um, bringing high school students from all over, all over the United States to come to this event. And they ran full page color ads in, on the third page of our local paper at least 10 times, plus the banner on the front page. Well, that got our attention and we thought, who are these people and what is their goal and what are they planning to do? But this seemed, you know, relatively benign. When did patriotism become a bad word? Okay, so we'll, um, that, that sounded like kind of a standard Republican thing to say. Then the next event um, was a, believe it or not, a library board meeting um, on June 13th. 
Um, and these young people, we don't, I don't quite know, we don't quite know how they're involved in this whole issue, but they came to the library board along with, oh, 60 or 70 of their friends to complain about um, some books that were in the library that they say are pornographic um, because they were out for the for Pride Month. Um, there were some, there were a couple of books there that that they thought were inappropriate, and and now, on their national in their national newsletter, we are front and center that the Dixon Public Library um, has pornographic materials in 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 our library. Um, so fortunately, um, many people learned that this event was going to happen. They had to move it twice to bigger and bigger locations because so many people were going. And I think there was a good representation of people who had the opposite opinion, that um, that professional librarians choose the, the books that will be in their library, and um, we need to have books that are um, informative for every member of the community. You can check them out if you want, and if you don't like them, then don't check them out. So that was, okay, now we're nudging a little bit more into, oh, who are these people? And the latest, um, the same day as our very large Pride event, June 18th, they had a a corresponding event at the Reagan home. We don't know if it was planned to be there the same day as the Pride event or if it was uh, coincidental, but their event was called Liberate America from Wokeness. You know, we're just getting used to the word woke, but now we've got the word wokeness. Um, and this, you will, you will just love this, Ben. This was um, on the advertisement to come to this event at the Reagan home. This was the promise of what these young people would learn. And I'm going to read it to you because I can't make this up. You will learn to fight back against the pronoun loving, chest feeding, baby killing, fear mongering, so social justice warriors on campus. So they are inviting people to come to the Reagan home to learn how to talk to whoever the chest feeding people are or the um, fear mongering people are on campus. And, and that phrase really caught our attention to, uh, to, to say it, to, to put it mildly. So um, it's alarming that there are, th this organization's intent is to indoctrinate young people, vulnerable people on college and high school campuses who just don't know any better. They're not old enough to think for themselves and are getting drawn into this kind of um, dialogue. So that's where we are right now. Um, I had, 
I, I had the nerve to, after I read that, I thought, well, I think I'll just go over to the Reagan home then and, um, and see if I can meet one of these interns. And I did and had a nice conversation with her. Um, she graduated from a high school in Kansas with a, her graduating class was 25. Um, and so I'm going to assume that she is somebody who hasn't had much experience with um, perhaps immigrants or people of color or um, perhaps people who are in need of women who are in need of health care. So um, now she's here getting indoctrinated into this way of thinking and it breaks my heart. Well, and uh, so we're going to end this conversation where we began it uh, and talking about the utter hypocrisy of the Republican Party and MAGA in particular. So follow me on this, folks. Uh, <laughs> MAGA proclaims uh, a free expression right to post signs uh, across the street from public schools uh, in uh, communities like Sarah's that say, quote, fuck Biden. On the other hand, it's considered pornographic for the local library to have a book that I presume is a child's book about having gay no, parents. Oh, no, this is an adult book. This is oh, a, it's an adult this book. Is a young adult book. <laughs> it's a young it's adult a child book. book. And our oh, library bin, okay. the first floor is children's library, and the second floor is the adult. So you would have to actually, your child would have to actually go to a different floor to find this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. And so, uh, they, so they, again, they don't believe in free expression. This is and what they would, what they're doing uh, and Mary Miller said this in her Hitler was right. This is the gist of the Hitler was right comment uh, is that you have to uh, open up the head of, of children and like it's a vacant, empty space in there and fill it with what you want to go into that space. They are effectively grooming children. They always say grooming. That's just projection. So they're grooming. Uh, and they're grooming little young Scott Walkers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a yes. thought. Yes. I am Scott Walker. Yes. Uh, and uh, so, you know, uh, like, uh, it's not about having an open mind to experience different ideas and come to your own conclusion, okay? It's about, we will turn you into a robot. Here, open your brain, Phil. And Mary, Mary Miller said that her point was, this is what Hitler was doing in Nazi Germany, and it's effective and it's right. He was right. He knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And I, and I objected to this, the concept, you know, of... <laughs> I objected to the, just the general concept that the way you program children as opposed to, I don't know, teaching them to think independently. Uh, so I had problems with everything she said, uh, starting with the Hitler was right and going down. But, yes, yeah, so it's happening, and they're... Um, I predict that one at least of those uh, young scholars who are uh, showing up at the Reagan home will rebel. I predict at least one, uh, Sarah, will say, you know what? Let's hope. I feel, I feel like they're feeding me bullshit. Let's hope. I don't know. They're surrounded by a community who thinks that they're doing exactly the right thing. And when they and when they offer these workshops, these the, um, apparently they have some pretty good participation. All right. Well, we started on the positive. We're ending on frightening, uh, scary. Uh, but let me just add a little more positivity. Uh, Sarah Bingaman is part of a community. Uh, there are people like her out there. Lots and, of us. <laughs> uh, lots of them. And you're going to see folks. I predict they're going to show up to vote. 
Uh, and uh, br- I'm bringing more of them on my show. I got some favorites down there, over there, across there, wherever it is. Uh, and uh, somebody is going to run for Congress. You can't give Darren LaHood a pass, Dems. Yeah, All right, very good. Please. Don't. Come on, somebody. somebody. Yeah. So just yeah. put something. You know, put, uh, just put any name on there. Whoever it is will get 20 to 30% of the vote. All right, Sarah Bingaman, we've run out of time. I want to thank you very much for the update and uh, keep the fight going. We'll bring you back real soon, all right? All right, Ben. It was great to chat with you. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. All right, that's uh, Sarah Bingaman. Uh, Dr. D uh, is uh, out today. Uh, DJ Nate is sitting in for him. Uh, So I want to say great job, DJ Nate. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. 